0: Hi, and welcome to the Milk and Coffee Podcast, your coffee break for the ears. My name is Ava, and I want to invite you to slow down, simplify, and explore the art of cozy living with me. This is your invitation to embrace a more nourishing way of being. So grab a cup and get comfortable. I'm so happy you are here. Hey, hey, how are you, beautiful friends? I hope this last week found you well. I'm doing great. I settled back in after my trip to Maine, and I feel like this last week I had a really good week. You know, it was one of those weeks where I was able to kind of flow in and out between my creative work and motherhood, and it's just, it was just wonderful. And that's not every week for me, but I do try and celebrate when it does work out that way. Right now, I am sitting at my desk and I'm about to talk about home design, and so I thought I'd just quickly paint a little picture of what it's like where I'm at right now as I'm recording this. So I actually do not have my own office. In a perfect world, I would have a beautiful little office with a nice antique desk by a beautiful window, and I could lock the door. But that's not my reality. My reality is that I made myself a tiny little corner in our living room, and when I'm done with recording this or when I'm done with any sort of work, I have to put away my camera and my microphone and actually also all my pencils or the risk of having my desk covered in kids' artwork is just really high and that's my reality right now and it's it's fine, it's not ideal, right? But it's okay, this is the season and I've made my desk look personal and wonderful to me. I thrifted this one dollar lamp that I spray painted in this beautiful vintage blue, and that desk lamp is to my left. And then to my right is a corkboard that I also thrifted cheaply, and then I covered it with some linen fabric that I had laying around. And this is where I pin all my inspirations and visions. Yeah, and then I have a jar here full of um, plain wooden pencils. I ordered them in bulk from an eco-friendly brand because I just love looking at pencils. I, there's something just so cozy about them. And in front of me right now is a beautiful cup of cappuccino that my husband made for me. And it's in my currently favorite coffee mug by beautiful pottery artist named Studio Aarhus from Denmark. So I hope that gave you a little bit of a of an image, kind of, and I, I invite you to do the same for me. I would love to find out where it is that you're listening in today, whether it's the car or the tub or the kitchen or a coffee shop, um, hit me up on Instagram and, and share with me. I would really appreciate that. So yeah, it was always my plan for this podcast and also my subject to talk and write about how to create a beautiful and cozy home and I realized that before I can go into individual rooms or individual design aspects or any sort of styling and decorating episodes, I kind of want to take some time and first explore a little bit why I think the look of our home actually matters and why I personally put a lot of intentionality into creating a home that feels good for me and a home that also makes me feel good. Basically, my sort of overall philosophy on home design, so to speak. I am a huge lover of home design and decorating. However, I really try to take a little bit of an anti cultural approach. Like, I, I do not think that a beautiful home has to be all new and expensive things. I don't think beautiful decor has to be elaborate and has to be all these little knickknacks, though it can be, right? And I think in the end of the day, what's more important is how your home feels versus how your home looks. And this is sort of what this whole episode is about. Because our homes are more than just four walls. They are living spaces with their own energies and how the feel and how they make us feel affects our nervous system, our entire well-being. Beyond just the aesthetics of our homes, the energetics of our homes determine whether our home sparks feelings of peace or chaos or creativity or frustration. I I really think it is important to reflect on the idea that while we make our space, our space really also makes us in return. I like to call this approach to home design I guess, you know, the embodied home. I like naming it that because it implies that, yes, an illiterate home refers to our physical dwelling place, a place of shelter, comfort, and belonging, a place where, you know, ideally our physiological and safety needs are met. But in a more abstract or metaphorical sense, the embodied home refers to a space that carries a deep sense of personal and emotional connection that we are influenced by the energy of our home, which in turn can be influenced by its colors and the furniture placement and our personal histories and also the home's history. It's a place that embodies a sense of comfort and identity and of course, coziness, right? It's all about the coziness. Our homes are like journals that chronicle and hold the evolution of our families. Every home is a sort of live-in vision board of the life we wish to unfold. Or ideally, to me, that's what it should be. Ideally, we create our home to be a live-in vision board of the life we wish to unfold within our homes. Especially as mothers, the energy of our home is very tightly connected to our overall well-being because it is the place we nest, right? It's the place we may give birth It's definitely the place we come back to after birth and it's the place that we raise our little ones in. So to create an embodied home, we first need to figure out what gives us this feeling of home. And then we need to call it, we need to call in the right space for that. And then we get to reflect on the feeling and the energy of that home. And then we weave ourselves into its history, right? It's almost like a co-creation between the home and us. I think as the housing market is increasingly difficult to navigate and we are also simultaneously bombarded with these meticulously designed spaces on the internet daily, it can be quite disheartening. And so I think taking a more healing approach to our homes from an embodied perspective, knowing that we can create a nourishing feeling of home in almost any space and that there is no perfect home only homes that accompany us through a certain season of our life, I think that that feels good. The feeling of home, that embodied space, can be accomplished by by anyone, I think, on any budget, because it is not about designer pieces and expensive stuff. It is about finding items and furniture that have the right energy for us. I will link a beautiful piece written by Kat River on Substack about how to call in your home in terms of, you know, sort of manifesting it. But for now, I want you just to meditate on what gives you a feeling of home. If you unravel what it is that lights that feeling of home in you, then you can forever dip into this resource. You can make a home anywhere and you can make almost any space spark that sensation for you. This is something I had to learn, right? And I know I mentioned this a lot in this podcast, but you know, we move so much. We are military families, so we move all the time. And, and I need my home to spark a certain feeling for me to be okay in it. And so I had to learn, like, what is it that makes my home work for me? The things that spark a feeling of home are often a collection of memories and sensations from our childhood or our first homes or the environment that we grew up in. And then there are the bits we collect along the way whether it's in our travels or our experiences our relationships basically all our nurture. And then there are the things that are at the core of us that have always been there like things that you that you already enjoyed in your earliest memories and to this day you are quite fond of you know our nature. And so once you figure out your nurture and your nature when it comes to home design, I think you can put them together and create beautiful spaces. For example, very early in my childhood, really as soon as I could read chapter books by myself, I remember waking up early to read in the first morning light and listening to the house sort of slowly awakening around me. I remember the soft light on my bedding and that exciting feeling of wonder of what this day might hold for me. And spending the morning in bed reading is still my idea of a good time. You know, even though it doesn't happen much in this season of motherhood. Like that's something that has not changed for me since I was a little girl. Our personal histories, you know, they may be full of light and they may be full of darkness, but it's sort of the romanticized memories that we keep close to our hearts. And that should inspire our home decorating. My emotions around what makes a home comforting are deeply tied to the memories of my grandmother's kitchen. The smell of melted butter. The crackling in the wood-burning stove. That's a sweet melody. The golden color of the black tea with lemon and loads of sugar that she used to make. The flower print on her apron. All of that speaks safety to me. And now, mind you, my grandmother lost not only her first husband, and her brother in the war, which, you know, overall is a a horribly dark chapter in my history as a German. But while I can't remember the details of all the individual stories she told me, I do remember her talking about these grim days of the war all the time. And yet she turned loss and scarcity and despair into this abundance of love and warmth and a sense of homecoming for us grandchildren. And for that, I'm just so thankful to her. Every time I come back to what what makes home feel like home to me, I always come back to her and her kitchen. You may even find that it is the darker parts of your personal history that make you remember small comforts even more vividly, whether it's a certain smell or a certain color. Reflect on those and then hone hone in on those. Here are some things that spark an utmost feeling of comfort and home in me. Seeing the green bog when flying into Ireland. A warm cup of tea in a thermos that we brought on a winter's walk. My husband pouring the milk foam into my espresso every morning. The light of a candle. The feeling of warmth that comes from a wood-burning stove. Lamb's wool slippers. A good book. The smell from crates of apples that are stored in a root cellar. Soft gray morning light, a woods deck, watching birds through my window, actually looking out and seeing greenery in front of my window, the sound of rain falling on the roof, the feeling of first submerging myself into a tub full of hot water. Now, I want you to step away from this podcast today and think of a few things that spark the emotion of home within you. And even in just that list that I just read off, that gives me a lot of hints of what I should incorporate into my home, right? A lot of candlelight. Maybe my next home will finally have a wood-burning stove. I love the feeling of wool slippers, so yeah, I'm going to use a lot of sheepskin for decor as well. I love good books. Make books. You know, the center stage of my decorating. I love watching birds or see greenery in front from my window. That's something I want to call in for our next home. That's something I miss in my current home. You know, maybe when I'm building, I'm building a roof that sort of makes me listen to the rain more fully. Definitely, I'm always like trying to find a home with a, with a tub because I like bathing versus showering. So make yourself a list of all these like things that really spark big emotions in you, and then start planning your home from that. As we start decorating and furnishing our spaces, it is important to keep this feeling really close. And then it's time to look at the space, which is like a blank canvas, and feel into that. Is the space trying to tell me a story? How does the light fall throughout the day? What energy do I get from this room? Walk around in your current home, which I assume is already furnished and decorated, and feel into the energy of it. Does something feel off? Maybe your home could benefit from a purification or a cleansing ceremony that you do with your family. Now, there are a lot of resources out there that go deep into energy work of homes, and I personally love being inspired by Feng Shui, earth energies, but I also But I also like to use these philosophies loosely, right? I want them to benefit me, but I don't want them to rule over me. And especially if if you don't build your dream home and you live in a rental or you move a lot, then not everything is always going to be in perfect, you know, feng shui. But some things we can change and some things we can just let go of and be okay with that. So think back on what I first said about the term embodied home. Does your home right now reflect the vision and feeling you want for your family? In many ways, our homes are mirrors of our inner selves too. Reflect on that a little bit as you look around your home today. Maybe some of the clutter speaks like some inner nervousness within you. I also would like to invite you to create a Pinterest board where you collect anything that sparks the feeling of home. Mix photos of actual furniture and decor with an, an art and interiors with anything that makes you feel cozy and comforted, and then take a look and notice the colors and textures in your board, and then look around your home again, and see whether or not you already dare to live the way you want to feel in your home, or if you've just kind of been you know stuck with following generic trends know that you can influence the energy of your home at any time with intentionality and deliberate choices. You can create a sense of calm and clarity by decluttering and getting rid of things you no longer need. You can purify your home energy by smudging with sage or lighting incense or using salt water to cleanse cleanse surfaces or simply just open the windows to let in fresh air and sunlight. You can rearrange existing furniture for better flow of the energy of your home You can select colors and paint your walls or bring in colors that resonate with the feelings you want to cultivate. You can always bring in natural elements to create a sense of balance. You can get really creative with lighting. You can infuse your home with intention by, for example, creating a little altar or having a thank you ceremony for your home or a closing ceremony for your home when you move out. This is also something that comes very natural for kids and they love it, by the way. Right, It feels so so natural to them. Kids still very intuitively connect with their surroundings in the way that we have to relearn for ourselves. And then also you can protect your home energy by only inviting people into it that radiate a nourishing and supportive energy. So really what I want you to take away from this episode is that every time I'm From here on out, I'm going to be talking about decorating and design and anything home. It's always coming from this place of the embodied home. That the feeling matters as much or more than the looks. That a home is more than just objects. That our homes are sanctuaries. That our homes are a place to connect with our true selves and to connect with the people we love. And also the season that we're in. That homes are our daily retreat. And most importantly, that an embodied home is a live-in vision board of how we want our lives to unfold. Our space is a feeling, an emotion, and an energy as much as it is a brick-and-mortar building. I'm super thankful and excited that in the future I get to share with you more about how I make my own home, where I draw inspiration from, what you can use to inspire your dwellings, how to change the feeling of individual rooms and so on, and to invite all of you into my home in a way. For now, I would like to um, close out this episode by inviting you over to my Substack, where I write more about slowing down, simplifying, softening, motherhood, partnership, love, poetry. You are more than welcome to just follow along for free or you can choose to become a paid subscriber and help me keep my work going. If you would like to read more reflections on motherhood, then you can head over to my webpage and get a copy of my book, Milk and Coffee Years, which I feel makes a great gift for any mother or mother-to-be, especially with the holidays in mind. And if you feel you could use help with your own home, I would love to be there for you as well in a more tangible way. Please contact me if you would be interested in a one-on-one mentoring for your soul or your home. I would love to be there for you, whether it's about exploring why you feel stuck, how you can create a life that fills you with joy, or if it's about decluttering or building a slow wardrobe, or if you would like some really tangible advice to change the feel of your home, I would love to help you with any individual room design or the whole place. My mentoring is always about you and your wants and needs, and I'm just excited to be here and hold space for you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode and I hope to have you back with me next week. Bye for now. In light. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope that this episode left you inspired to seek a slower, more intentional life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave me a review, let me know where you like to listen to my podcast, or write to me. And most importantly, Tell all your friends about Milk and Coffee. For more nourishing lifestyle inspiration, supportive mindset shifts, and all the coziness, follow me on Instagram at ava.maria.smith and subscribe to my Substack called Milk and Coffee, or go to my webpage www.ava.maria.smith.com. I would love to talk more. Remember, slow living is a journey, and I'm here for you. Take a deep breath now and seek the beauty of this day. How lucky are we to be alive.